0: Welcome to Bible Q&A, a monthly discussion with Luther Seminary faculty about everything you wanted to know about the Bible, but were afraid to ask. I'm Eric Barreto.
1: And I'm Cameron Howard.
0: And joining us today is Mark Thronvite, who teaches Hebrew Bible here at the seminary. Mark, thanks for joining us. Thank you.
1: I loved this article so much about the best way to read the Bible. And I knew the answer would be, there's no one best way to read the Bible, <laughs> but I Immediately, I was impressed with how you reminded us that reading the Bible should not be a task. It's not another New Year's resolution. It's something to progress through through the year, and you have to get this amount done, but that it's more of a practice. So what are some of your favorite strategies? Start us off with some of your favorite strategies for making a practice out of reading the Bible.
2: Well, I think the strategy that that I utilize more in my own reading are those final observations that I have in the article. I think remembering that speed is not of the essence. It doesn't matter if you finish the Bible in a year. The point is to be reading the Bible. And Mm -hmm. if you read the same chapter for 15 times in a row, that's Mm -hmm. just fine. You're reading the Bible and you're getting something out of it. If it gets boring, move on. (laughs)
0: <laughs> that never happens. Oh, yeah. On your side of the Bible. Oh, you yeah. On our side. Setup, to, <laughs> my side of the fence. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm yeah. kidding. But, but I think that's actually really important. I've seen a lot of people posting on Facebook these um, kind of year-long, mm-hmm. you know, where you pick out texts and you do that, which I think some of us are wired and like to do checklists. So that could become a practice instead of a, a task, mm-hmm. you know, once you kind of get into that habit. But that doesn't work for everybody, right? That sometimes it's just asking somebody, where is a good place to start? If these are my questions of faith, if these are the things I'm thinking about, and that could be in Psalms, it could be in Acts, it could be in First Chronicles, who knows, right? But... Lots of different places to start.
2: Sometimes it programs them for failure, though, if they've ah. got a checklist yes. and they miss a week or sure. they miss a two-day and they think they've got to start all, all over, over or again or, or it, or it doesn't next count. Year. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Or wait till next year. That's right. Or wait till next because it says <laughs> right. January 15th on there and I uh-huh. missed January 15th. Right. Right. Not good. Yeah. And I appreciated
1: the permission to read from different translations because not every translation is as enlivening as <laughs> others and that you get to see that Not every translation leads
2: you to the same place when you read. I think that's true. When I was a pastor, uh, the Living Bible had just come out. And I was talking about the the RSV and the, the standard translations. And when I would go and visit people in their homes, they would have those Bibles on the coffee table uh, with leaves being pressed in them and twenty dollar bills and uh, you know, wedding certificates yeah. and that but hadn 't really they would crack when you 'd open them up hmm. then we 'd go in the kitchen and there would be a coffee stained beat up old wrinkled hmm. version, the living bible and I said. If this is the Bible those people are reading, this is the Bible I have to be reading mm-hmm. so that we know it's And I got kind of hooked on it. Now, it's not an accurate translation. It's a paraphrase. It's biased in many regards. But it is an interesting translation to read, particularly mm-hmm. in conjunction with others. Mm-hmm. From that day on, in my Bible reading, every month I read from a different Translation. Mm -hmm. I've done that for, oh, Oh. I don't know how many years. And you learn a lot about translation. You learn a lot about the Bible. Mm -hmm. You learn what the good ones are. You learn what the bad ones are. Mm -hmm. You learn which ones work.
0: Yeah, I often get asked by people, they'll ask, and our students do this too sometimes, they ask, what's the best translation of the Bible? It's a really hard question to answer in some ways because it depends what you mean by best. Mm -hmm. I think you're making an argument, I think, in in this article, and I think a really good one, that the best translation is the one that gets you to read.
2: Or the one that you're reading.
0: Yeah, exactly, right? The one that that's, that's persuasive, that's compelling, that gets your nose in that book and gets it's you reading It's better to
2: be reading the worst translation than not, <laughs> not to reading be reading the, the, Greek, Bible, the Greek New <laughs> <laughs> Testament. Yeah, any Bible you're reading is better than any Bible you're not reading. Oh, that's great. <laughs> God can work through any Bible. Yeah. That you're reading. Sure. It's easier for God to work through some of them than others. I think <laughs> <laughs> you may want to talk about that yeah. at some
0: time. It's part of a professional duty for us to have opinions about such things. <laughs> That's but, right. But like when it comes to the daily reading practices that people are engaged in, read. What works for you? I think that's a really good piece of advice.
1: And try out multiple yes. ones.
0: Yes, yeah. So just,
1: even if one is working for right. you, give another one a try. Check one out from the library, something yeah. you've
2: never Well, Well, and, and go to Goodwill and thrift shops. They're always filled mm-hmm. with Bibles that mm-hmm. are in really good shape. That's why they're at Goodwill is <laughs> because nobody's using yes, them. Right. And they're cheap.
0: That's right, or online for free, so online lots, for lots, free, yeah, lots of good better. possibilities. I also really liked number three and number four on your list. Uh-huh. I think they're kind of related. The sense in which I remember as a kid sometimes, I don't know if you two did this as a kid, but I would, if I was really sad or forlorn or, or something, I would throw the Bible open and put my finger down, and that would be the text that God is speaking to me at that moment. Usually, that would turn out really poorly, and I'd find something <laughs> terrible. Yeah. But, um, but this advice to kind of read whole books, I think, is really important. Talk a bit about why you think that's important.
2: That's more the second, the number four, reading the whole gospel. Those of us that teach Bible are well aware of the fact that these things were not written as lectionary pericopes. Right. They weren't written as these little snippets that we hear. No chapters, no, no verses. No chapters, no verses. M- maybe no, no paragraph breaks exactly. or sentence breaks. And, yeah. These were written as whole units. to be. It would be like watching Modern Family, and you work, watch the first three minutes on Monday, and you watch the next three minutes on Tuesday, it, you right. lose the continuity of <laughs> yeah, what's yeah. going on in the story. These people were literary geniuses, they mm-hmm. knew what they were doing, they put this material together in a reasonable way, you miss that if you right. only read something from the middle and then something from the beginning. Sitting down and reading through the whole book, even the longest books, probably mm-hmm. Isaiah, Jeremiah, I don't mm-hmm. know, probably the longest, you could easily read in, in a couple of hours. Right. These are not, mm-hmm. we're not talking about war and peace. peace. That's here. right. That's, yeah. war,
0: <laughs> I was trying to think, what's the stereotypical long book? Oh, yeah, war, war and, peace. and peace. That's right.
2: <laughs> that would be the reason for that is that you hear those books in the way that they were intended to be read. Mm-hmm. You, you experience them as a whole. I think the, the other part, number three that you mentioned, I've been experimenting with after a result of talking with Prishner and, and my wife's church, as a matter of fact, who was having trouble with reading the Bible. I said, "Well, so what part do you like?" And she liked John. Mm-hmm. I said, "Well, read it again." Mm-hmm. Well, I already read John. Well. <laughs> So, so, what? <laughs>
0: People have been read reading and rereading for 2,000 years. She read it years. again
2: and she read it again she read it oh, again. Great. She said, You know, every time I read it, I see something else in there. I yeah. said, Keep doing it. Turn it over and over, as the yeah. rabbis say. Learn yeah. and learn and read I have read Jonah in my Hebrew classes yeah. for 34 years, huh. at least twice a year, every time I read it. I see something else. Yeah. We cannot exhaust the possibilities of these
0: books. Yeah, I'm surprised sometimes in class we'll be reading something and or either I will see it, but more often a student will yeah. see something or ask a question and say, well, what about this? And I'll say, <laughs> I, n- I never oh, yeah. noticed that before, we've all, we've all which makes it sound so smart. But, but I think that's just the reality of these texts, right? There's this vibrancy about them that can't be captured by one reading or even by one person that I think, I wonder if one practice that I might add to, to I think this really great list is that we I think you do that say that, that we don't read by ourselves right that you mm. kind of read in community that you see what other people are seeing there's this richness to the things that we I as an individual can see that's filled out by what other people can see that I can't see
2: There are several large congregations in this area that have uh, adopted that practice in the last five or six years, and that has been unbelievably successful. Not only for the reading of the Bible, but the fellowship that that, you know, the Mm -hmm. small group. You know, they're they're around the Bible. It helps in the Bible reading, but it also helps in in bringing those people together, talking about other things as well.
1: And to hear it read aloud, number five. And I would add to that. To hear it read aloud, you can find audio recordings online to hear it read aloud in Hebrew and Greek. So Mm -hmm. combining here with number six, even if you don't understand it, just to get it in your ear. The sense of of difference and distance um, that the original languages give us and then go back and reread it but just there's something about yeah. that oral quality
2: yeah. and for those who are able 15 20 years ago Jim Boyce who used to teach Greek here and I who was teaching Hebrew at the time had uh, students they were twins one went on to get a PhD in Greek one went on to get a PhD in Hebrew they were <laughs> we were their advisors but we were on the is wrong it, is this a real story this is a true story I don't know. Sounds, this is a true sounds story. Like the beginning of a, of a joke you know what, what I, mean? I (laughs) What I learned from them is they would get up early in the morning, run five miles, come back, read a chapter of the Vulgate in Latin, a chapter of the Old Testament in Hebrew, a chapter of the Quran in Arabic. They knew all these languages. And a chapter of the New Testament in Greek. Now, when I say read, I don't mean translate. They just read Mm. a page out loud of each of those. Mm. It took them an hour and a half. And they did this as their... Practice. I said, Why do you do that? I mean, and they said, You will be surprised at what you begin to understand. Mm -hmm. And if you begin just with a verse, Mm. read a verse in Greek out loud, Mm. read a verse in Hebrew out loud. Don't translate it, just read it. Mm. Then read another one or Mm. two the next Mm day. It is amazing how just doing that reading. Eeks its way into your brain sure, sure. <laughs> and becomes part yeah. of, again, this habit that I talked about earlier, this yeah. uh, rigorosity right. that, be, that becomes part of our life, yeah. this uh, habit.
0: And I remember seeing uh, a couple of years ago there was a Bible um, kind of uh, read out loud by a bunch of Hollywood stars. So it would be great to hear Denzel Washington or Sam Jackson read the Bible at you. That's probably a whole different set of experiences there, too. W- one question I have is how do we know? that we're successful in our reading of the bible it's a weird way to think about it right? success when reading the bible but like what do we look for right i'm guessing it's not enough that we'd get really good at bible trivial pursuit and that's not what we're after <laughs> well,
1: what we that's, a that, that's a bonus that's
0: a bonus right you get good at jeopardy you get good at bible trivial pr- is that, everybody is that likes a to win <laughs> we all like to win but what are we really looking for you think what do we see in our lives different you think
2: I think people see different things uh, differently and they see different things in the Bible. They're starting to read the Bible because of something that is compelling them to do that. Hopefully, that itch gets scratched. If that itch doesn't get scratched, Mm -hmm. they're not going to keep on reading. Mm -hmm. But my guess would be that they enter a Bible reading program with one concern and they find that it does something else. As they're in there, either they they hear God speaking to them, or they understand their life more clearly, or they get interested in the story of the Bible. But something happens, and that something is going to be different for everyone. That's why it's important to be in a group, as mm-hmm. yeah. you uh, scratch each other's itches. I yeah, think. and I Itch bet each for <laughs> scratches. <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I bet for a lot of people when thing that happens is that questions develop, more and more questions, so then that group and that faith community to go to and talk about those questions together becomes very helpful indeed.
0: I imagine that one way we might see this working out in our lives, too, is that as we're moving through everyday life, we'll find certain Bible stories popping up in our minds, not because they're one-to-one correlations or because, see, this is the perfect verse for this particular situation, but because... Maybe we'll see something new as we're moving through it, and you think, wow, I I suddenly understand this text in a way I couldn't have imagined before. And that might be one way that the the Spirit is working through us.
2: Or if you're in the What Would Jesus Do Mm -hmm. camp, you now know what Jesus might have done, and you can can see. (laughs) Mm Usually my answer is, I don't know. I I don't know what Jesus (laughs) would do in this
0: situation. Thanks for joining us, Mark. I think this is super helpful. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us on Bible Q&A. You can find more information at enterthebible.org. Join us again.